0: Welcome to the Historical Wisdom Podcast, where we share stories of health, healing, medicine, and the histories that frame Native American experience, particularly for tribes and Native people in Riverside and San Bernardino counties, California. Each segment will explore different aspects of what historical trauma means to Native American communities. And the healthcare providers who serve them. We share this knowledge with you from the perspective that to understand the history and strengths of Native Americans and how policy and institutions of medicine work, we can improve the delivery of healthcare and human well being. For Chihun Pionki Nach, a Gathering of Good Minds project, I'm Juliet McMullen, and we share with you historical wisdom. Today's episode is about knowing where you are. To help us with understanding our context in this healthcare system, we have the pleasure of talking with Bill Thompson, the Chief Operating Officer for Riverside San Bernardino County's Indian Health. This episode will increase our wisdom around the history of Indian health services and the relationship that Native people in Riverside and San Bernardino counties have with well being and the provision of healthcare. Riverside-San Bernardino County Indian Health is a consortium of nine tribes, which Bill will tell you more about. But the clinics in the consortium are in the ancestral lands of the Cahuilla, Serrano, Chimueve, Tongva, and Luceño peoples. In addition to these caretakers, there are many Native people from across the United States who receive health care services from the consortium. Our conversation with Bill Thompson builds on our last episode about the histories of treaties with tribes in this area. And as Bill reminds us the obligation to provide health care for native people. Our wisdom also comes from remembering that the tribes in the consortium have representation on the board and regularly contribute to sustaining the access and quality of care that is provided. So now to hear more from COO, Bill Thompson. Me away, Bill. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Again, my name is Bill Thompson. Um, I'm Chief Operations Officer for Riverside, San Bernardino County Indian Health. Um, I actually started here in, in 1996 as a property and supply clerk, and worked my worked my way up over the years to different positions um, into my my present office here as, as a COO. And I've been here for in this position for about. Um, about 10 years now.
0: Wow, Bill, you've been here for a while and really moved up through the ranks.
1: I did, it actually it was this organization that, uh, um, that kind of inspired me to go after my master's degree in healthcare administration. And so I pretty much, it took me two years. I stayed on course for that, but it was my inspiration to go back to school too because I, I saw a future here and I saw a need here. And I thought one way or another, I could offer an opportunity to our uh, to our patients.
0: Wow, that's so great. We'll have to talk with you another time about your career. Okay. <laughs> so now, can you tell us a little more about how Indian Health got started here?
1: Yeah, so, so Riverside-San Bernardino County Indian Health is federally funded through Indian Health Services. And so we started off in 1968 on the Morongo Indian Reservation. Uh, a group of people got together, worked with Indian Health Services, and started the program out of the old historical jail building on the Morongo Reservation. And it started off with uh, three tribes, Morongo, Zaboba and, and Torres Martinez. And then from there, we just kind of grew over the years. We became incorporated in 1974. More and more tribes joined our consortium. So we started off with again, Morongos, um, Saboba tribe towards Martinez. And then over the years, Agua Caliente joined in, Pachanga joined in. Um, Sam Manuel uh, joined us as well, and then three uh, three tribes up in the mountain area of Anza, Ramona, Santa Rosa, and Cuyam all joined our consortium. So now we have nine nine tribes here in Riverside County which make up our consortium.
0: Wow, that's so great! Can you? Can you talk a little bit about what inspired some of the tribes to join the consortium?
1: Basically what it was it was it goes back to treaty obligations with the government back in the 1860s, 1870s, 1880s. During the uh, kind of some of the some of the Indian Wars back then when the United States was coming into formation, the westward movement became more active and it came down to actually white people taking over some of the some of the land that the natives felt were were their land from from the beginning. And so in order to kind of prevent some of the genocide that could have been taking place or that was taking place, the government at the time formed treaties with the tribes, will designate reservation land, will cease any act military activity against the tribes and the tribes simply ask for health care in exchange. So that's really kind of in a nutshell, that's what it how it started out. And Indian Health Services funds healthcare services throughout the country for Indian tribes. It's discretionary, mm-hmm. meaning that it has to be approved by Congress, so it's not obligated funding every year. We are subject to sequestration. Uh, we have been hit by sequestration the last couple of years, and so that does have an impact on the funding, but whatever dollars we get from Indian Health Services, that's what we have to make ends meet with. So if we, if we run out of money, it, it's on us. Yeah.
0: We have, to figure out
1: how. we have to figure out how we've been pretty good over the years of maintaining that fund balance to make sure that our doors are open. We've never laid off an employee due to any sequestration or our lack of funds. The last couple of years we've had neutral or deficits in regards to funding from Indian Health Services. This year we're about at where we were in 2016 for our funding base. So we're getting back to where we were from three years ago. On average, Indian Health Services provides about $3,400 per Native American to provide health care services. You compare that to Medicare, which is around $9,000, and then the VA system, which is about $12,000. Now, there's no doubt you can't compare the veterans' allocated funds towards Indian Health in regards to the dollar amount. $3,400 does not provide a lot of health care services for the Native American population.
0: So what's your sense of what the tribes value in this relationship?
1: The tribes have an expectation for the government to provide health care services at a funding level that is adequate to meet the needs of our population. As an example, um, there's a special diabetes program that has been funded by Congress for about 15 plus years. It initially started off in 2004 at $150 million nationwide per year. 2019, it was $150 million year, so it hasn't changed any. The special diabetes program, we've had it since then. I think we received maybe about about $900,000 a year through that program for our, for our diabetes patients. We've been pretty successful in regards to educating, preventing diabetes, wound care for some of our diabetes patients, um, medications. We've been pretty successful with our program, but it's been the status quo at $150 million since 2004. We could use more funds because we could do more with our patients, but that's something that we just have to make do with, with that funding level. And again, Congress can take that money away every year if, if they desire that the program program is no longer effective or due to a budget reductions. But generally, it's our responsibility to maintain the facilities, to provide health care services within our facilities, any specialty care services come at our expense within the facilities, and hopefully we have enough of those services to take care of our patients. We do provide medical services, we do provide dental services, we have laboratory, we have nutrition, we do have four four pharmacies within our seven clinic system so patients can utilize any one of our, our clinics, any one of our pharmacies. But all that we've been able to over the years through our third party billing, which we're obligated to do, is to enhance our services that are already existing to build these new clinics that we want to build throughout the years. Some of our clinics go back to 1968, 1970. We've outgrown them. They've aged. Indian Health Services does not provide funding for any of our facilities. They just provide us funding for healthcare services. So it's our obligation to come up with the money to build new clinics if we need them. So that's kind of the expectation from our tribes is to meet the needs of the population and to provide those services as, as efficient as we can in a facility meets present needs of our, um, of our population. And many of our facilities are in trailers. Trailer just no longer meets the needs of our, of our population in regards to medical, dental, pharmacy, lab services. They're too small.
0: So this clinic here is relatively new.
1: Well, we yeah, and, and we, grew our, our past uh, clinic in in the city of Highland. It was just too small. It was in an area of. of San Bernardino, that just kind of the population just kind of wasn't the the best area of town that we were located in. Some of our patients were getting more and more concerned about the uh, the neighborhood that the clinic was located in. Um, it was located off reservation, um, so we started looking for a new facility. We came across this one here, two buildings, thirty-eight thousand square feet on five acres. It was a huge morale boost for our patients and for our staff when we moved in here. So we actually opened up this facility here, and in uh, January 30th, 2015, okay. yeah. And we are also looking to build new clinics on the Saboba Reservation. We're on that that clinic. We have started construction on the Pachunga Reservation for a new health clinic. We're looking to build a clinic on the Santa Rosa Reservation, and we're looking to build a new clinic on the Kaweah Reservation. Right now, for the tribes up Anza area, there's one clinic up there, so. The tribes is actually um, a 1,300 square foot oh. clinic building. We lease a building up there, and we've been leasing that suite up there for probably 20 years. Oh. And we've kind of outgrown it. Mm-hmm. And the tribes have requested over the years um, their, their own health clinic. Mm-hmm. And Morongo has a, has a clinic on the reservation, Saboba. Um, <clears throat> right now, is off the reservation in the city of San Jacinto, but our new clinic will be located on reservation. San Manuel clinic is located off reservation for the three tribes up in the Anza area, Cahuilla and Santa Rosa. We're going to put the clinics on their own, um, on their own reservations. The Ramona tribe that is up there, they'll be able to utilize any one of those two uh, clinics. That's that's up to them. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's so exciting.
1: It is. It yeah, is. Um, <clears throat> we're going to invest about fifty million dollars over the next six years in regards to our aging facilities. So we have an aggressive capital projects plan coming up here real soon. And like I said, we've already started um, with Chunga. Yeah.
0: yeah. Thank you for sharing that exciting news. And so um, when you think about the providers, what do you think they should know about the consortium as they're treating patients?
1: You know, we our, our patients, especially a lot of our elders, have been coming to our, our clinics their entire lives. that's this is all they know. And there's some cultural and tradition um, that we have to consider in regards to our patients. We schedule 30 minute appointments for our patients because we don't want to rush through our appointments. And we want that patient to understand when they come into our our healthcare system that they are important that we that we are here for them. We do believe in our mission and we want that patient to have a good solid partnership with our healthcare providers. So during that 30 minutes we can actually have conversations with the patients and learn, learn a little bit more about them, about what their their needs and their wants are for that particular visit that day instead of just the 5 minute actual face-to-face time with the with the provider. Then off you go, and then um, you know you kind of forget about who that doctor's name is. We want our patients to know who their nurse is, who their doctor is by name, so if there's a concern that the patient has, they can call up and they can say that you know they had a concern with Dr. Thompson or whoever their their, their provider was. It's important to us, it's important to our Indian population, and that's something that our providers are educated about when they start working with us, that there's our cultural sensitivity issues that they need to be aware of. And a five-minute face-to-face will not cut it, maybe it did in their past organization where they worked, but in ours, 30 minutes is our appointment slot, and they need to take that opportunity to to talk to that patient and learn about them and their, uh, their culture, their tradition. We will see any Native American who resides, in, who resides in Riverside or San Bernardino County. They do not need to be from any of our consortium tribes. Mm-hmm. So if they are a Cherokee, if they are a Navajo, if they are a Blackfeet, if they are um, Apache and they live within Riverside, San Bernardino County, they are eligible for our health care services and they are welcome to come to our clinic. So
0: you're really serving the needs of the people?
1: Correct, Here. correct, correct. All they need to do really is they need to provide a proof of residency. Um, within Riverside or San Bernardino County, needs to be current within six weeks of of their visit or their of when they register and they are required to provide their proof of Indian, um, either from their tribe or from the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And then they receive those services, yes. And really, there, there are no costs to the patient. The exceptions may be um, an eye care. If they want a specific type of eyeglasses, they are responsible for um, for payment, if anything, over a, a set dollar amount. In regards to dental, they may be responsible at 50% for any um, any uh, crowns or some other kind of um, service like that. Typically, we, we don't charge our patients for anything. They have no co-pays. They do not pay for any pharmaceuticals with the exception of eye care and, and dental. They may have some expense there, but most everything else is is, is free of charge. We also um, have radiology services here as well at a, a San Manuel Clinic and our Suboba Clinic that patients will come here to get either x-rays, mammograms, or an ultrasound here. So again, all those, all those services are at no cost to the patient.
0: Well, that's part of the growth you've seen over the years. It's Correct.
1: Yeah yeah but we do ask our patients that they need to be screened for alternate um healthcare services so we can if you're a member of one of our consortium tribes the Indian Health Services funds us for healthcare services that they may need outside of our four walls But if they are a a patient not living on one of our consortium reservations or not from one of our consortium tribes, as an example, a a Navajo patient, if we need to refer them out for specialty care services or if they're hospitalized, it's at their expense. We are not funded for those type of services.
0: So when you think about the consortium, what is your biggest hope? What would you love to see? You have all these things happening. You have these growth, the new clinics, the new services.
1: You know, we we have a pretty good working relationship with our with our tribes, with our consortiums. Now, they are not obligated in any way, shape, or form to provide any funding to our healthcare system. Some of the tribes over the years have been pretty generous to us and have funded us for special projects or for special equipment. As an example, the Salmon Well Tribe did donate um, $2 million when we bought the Salmon Well Clinic here, and we had to um, basically tear it down uh, to the frame and rebuild it from there. The tribe did donate $2 million towards that project. Um, the Salmon Old Tribe also donated $1 million towards our Torres Martinez project, so when we start building the new clinic down there, um, they donated $1 million. They've also donated, as well as some other tribes over the years, Morongo Tribe, um, Soboba, they've donated money to, to purchase special equipment that we've requested in the past, but it's not their obligation. But we've always had a pretty good relationship in regards to the tribes. Our board of directors are made up of tribal members that are appointed by the tribes. So what we talk about here in, in, in our health care and our board of director meetings, things like that, they take it back to their to their tribal council and to their general membership to let them know what's going on. Probably probably about 35 or 40 percent of our patients are from our consortium tribes, so we still have a huge influence in regards to health care. Some of the pr- tribes do provide their own health insurance for their tribal members, so they can either stay within our system or they can go out, outside if they choose. Mm-hmm. But the greater majority of our patients uh, are are what we call direct care patients from other tribes outside of Riverside or San Bernardino County. So we also consider them in regards to any health care decisions that we need to make in order to continue to improve our health care system as a whole, which is why we need new buildings. We need bigger facilities. And so the tribes, though, at every clinic that we are building, at every reservation we're building, tribes have donated land. They're going to charge us $1 a year for the land. As an example, Morongo has allocated 10 acres of land. They're gonna charge us $1 a year. Um, our initial lease will be for 25 years per, um, I, or per um, Bureau of Indian Affairs regulations. Soboba um, tribe, one dollar a year uh, for ten acres of land. Pachunga, the same thing. Uh, we got three acres from them. Torres Martinez, three acres from them. But it's at one dollar a year. So that's their contribution to us for a new health clinic that they know that they need on on the reservation. That's
0: so exciting
1: <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> we, we're we're pretty excited about it. Um, you know, the whole thing started with uh, Torres Martinez probably seven years ago. Mm-hmm. They asked for a pharmacy on site. So we started looking, where can we put a pharmacy? Where can we put a pharmacy? The building just was not big enough for a a pharmacy. So somebody said, why don't we just build a new clinic? I mean, the the present structure, the three double-wide trailers, put there in 1980, mid-80s, I believe 87, 88, somewhere around there, um, and we just outgrew them. And so we started talking gosh, let's, let's build a new clinic. So working with the tribe over the years, they designated land, um, we, we had a lease drawn up, submitted it to the BIA, we had some, some, some issues with the BIA on approval. Um, we finally got all those issues worked out with the tribe on the lease agreement. Now we're just waiting for some um, environmental assessments to be completed, submit them to the tribe. We're ready to uh, break ground and start building, but it, it all started with a simple request if we need a pharmacy on site.
0: Well, it's a testament that the tribes continue to support this effort. Mm-hmm. It's a testament to the kind of care that's being provided. Well,
1: you know, Indian Health Services was created and funded to provide health care services for the Native American population and Alaska Natives as well. And that's that's what it's all about. So our obligation is to meet the needs of the tribes that we serve and, and the population that we serve. The expectation that we're here for Native Americans, Alaska Natives, they're going to come to us for health care services. And, and they have another choice out there if they have insurance, but uh, we're here for them and we want them to come to us because that's that's what we're all about.
0: Is there anything else you think we should know?
1: I think in, in the big picture of things, you know, healthcare is a challenge. And there's so many obligations in regards to a, a patient-provider relationship on both sides. And one thing that we, we encourage with our patients and with our providers, whether it's medical, dental, or behavioral health, you have to establish that trust relationship with that patient. If you say you're going to do something, your obligation is to deliver on that, on that promise you made to that patient. Same thing with that patient. We have an expectation they're going to follow that treatment plan. They're going to keep us involved and on any other services they receive on the outside it's it's important to know what's going on with that patient Um, some of our providers will pick up the phone at the end of the day to call the patient to find out how they're doing or did you go to that appointment or did you take that medication how's it working for you things along that line Um, we know a lot of our patients um, especially on the reservations we know a lot of our patients um, by name and we've known them for years and years and years and i think that's one thing that the patients like is because they can walk through the door and our receptionist is going to know that patient by their first name, either because maybe our staff is native and maybe they're from that community, but it just gives that patient that sense of, you know what, I'm welcome here because they call me by my first name and they know while I'm here. We don't have to spend 15 minutes going through that, well, why are you here thing? And for patients that's important, and especially with our elders, they want that time with the with our providers. So the providers can hear them as to what's what's going on with their health care. And if necessary, you know, talk to um, talk to the family. Our, our elders are held in high regard here. And our community health representatives, our public health nurses are an integral part of that health care outside of our facility, especially during home visits on the reservation. So we got all those things that come into play, a lot of that teamwork. I think that makes us a special and unique healthcare system.
0: Thank you so much for taking time and sharing your knowledge with us.
1: You're, you're welcome. Um, I hope I provided you with a good insight into Riverside. I said, I've been here for 20-some years. we got 350 employees. They're a great group of people to work with. They're here for all the right reasons. Paycheck is not number one on their list of things. They come here probably, um, I would say, we probably have 100-plus employees who are Native that may or may not be from our communities that we serve, but they understand how health care should be provided to to our populations. And it's important to them, and it's important to us, and we want to make sure that we meet our mission statement every single day when we open up our doors.
0: Aloha Bill, it's great to hear the work that Riverside San Bernardino County Indian Health and its tribal consortium is doing. The consortium is one way that the health needs of Native Americans in this area are met. But it's important to remember that its very existence as part of Indian Health Services is intimately linked to the history of genocide and oppression. This is not to overlook the good work that is being done, but rather to put it into historical context. So some takeaways for this conversation are, first, We want to remember that Riverside San Bernardino County Indian Health was started by the tribes putting funds together from Indian Health Services to create the consortium and that those funds are part of the treaties between the United States and the tribes. As Bill said, despite the treaty relationships, Indian Health Services is regularly underfunded by Congress. And importantly, the tribes are deeply committed to supporting the work of the consortium and provide lands and funds to keep the health system strong and innovative. Also, it seems to me that for healthcare providers, this is an opportunity to practice the kind of medicine that you imagine being able to practice earlier in your career. Imagine being able to spend 30 minutes with your patient, Imagine knowing everyone by name and that the front office knows everyone by name. Research in narrative medicine and medical education more broadly is showing that this type of patient-centered care, knowing their stories, knowing your stories, knowing histories and contexts, improve the well-being of patients and the well-being of providers. So these are just some takeaways that we want to offer you as you move through your day working in Indian Health Services and working with the community around you. During our next episode, we'll have a conversation with Professor Lorette McGuire and Julie Andrews on the meaning of historical trauma and how it is linked to the provision of care. Aloha for listening to Historical Wisdom. We trust that it will help you as you care for yourself and others. Additional wisdom and references about historical trauma and complete interviews can be found on our website, gogm.live. Aloha to Sean Milanovic for sharing the opening and closing bird songs. The podcast was produced by Juliet McMullen and our Chihun Piong Inach Steering Committee and edited by Catherine Rodriguez and Wyatt Kelly. Content was developed in conversations with community members and our Chihun Piyonk Notch Steering Committee that includes Sherry Salgado, Luella Thornton, Julie Andrews, Holly Bronner, Veronica Espinoza, Donel John, Michelle Opsal,
1: Gina Hughes,
0: Catherine Rodriguez, Ann Chini,
1: Kendall Shumway, Wyatt Kelly,
0: Sean Milanovic, Amanda Marquez, Lorreen Sisqua, Clifford Traster, and Jackie Spirit. The Historical Wisdom Podcast is funded through an, an engagement ward from the Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute. Aloha from the Chihun Pionk Inach Project. www.gogm.live he must see kaha, a, ya, we,